The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. We're in a series right now called We Are One. Next week is our big birthday party, which I'm going to talk more about. But we started last week talking about how we have a job to do as Christians, and our job is to share the love with other people around us. That we are the light of the world, and that we're called to go into the darkness, because the world is dark, right? The world's a mess. We're called to go into the mess, go into the darkness, and shine the light of Jesus. And we do this by, by doing what Jesus told us to do. He said, as you've been loved, so love other people. We, we love other people. How did Jesus love? He loved other people through good deeds. He did good things for other people. He, he sacrificed his life. He gave his life for other people. So we understand as Christians that our life is not just about us. It's about helping other people. It's about blessing other people, taking care of other people, and, and, and so we exist to help others. Now, in the same way that, that we do that individually, we also do that corporately through what the Bible calls the body of Christ, which is the church, and we, we, the church doesn't just exist for us, although it does exist for us. The church is about helping you. It's about you know, helping you to be equipped to go out and do the work. It's about equipping you and discipling you and all those things, yes, but, but we don't just exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. And so last week, if you were here, I, I challenged the church, I challenged those of you who are members of the church, to go and to reach out to some people. Because our birthday party next week is our big one-year celebration, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a great day for us to celebrate with all together as a family, all the amazing things God has done, and, and look forward to what God is going to do. But beyond that, here's what I want you to do. I want you to invite people to the party. Now, here's, what, here's what, how this works. They think they're just being invited to a birthday party. But really, we're inviting them to know God. That's the real party. Them coming to know God, having a relationship with him, that's where the party really begins. And so my challenge to you was to find some people in your sphere of influence that you could go after, that you could find a way to invite them to be a part of, of New Song Church and what we're doing so they can come to know God. And I want to I continue to encourage you with that. Go after those people. Let God speak to you and then go, uh, go after those people and help minister to them. And next week we're going to have a great message on how to connect with God, how to know God. A really great gospel message. It's a great opportunity for people that don't know God to come and to hear the gospel. So make sure that you get those people here. And so today I want to kind of continue with this We Are One series by talking about how me and you can be used by God to make a difference in the world around us. That that we're called not to just kind of exist, but to make a difference to our generation. So as I jump into this this morning, I, I I have a question for you. I want you to, to ask yourself, and, and here's the thing, this is a question that you cannot get wrong, which is my favorite kind of question. Uh, you can get this right, and so here, here's the question I want you to ask. Who in your life do you know personally who has made the biggest difference in your life in a positive way? Think about that for just a moment. Now, I'm not, this isn't a trick question. I'm not talking about Jesus, okay? Obviously, Jesus, for every one of us who knows Jesus, has made him the Lord. He's made the biggest difference in our life. But beyond, beyond Jesus, who in your life do you personally know that has made the biggest positive impact in your life? I want you to think about that person for just a moment. 
Think about, as you think about them, think about what they did, who they were, the kind of person that they were. Just kind of even visualize it, kind of see them in your mind for a moment. Think about them. Now, here's, here's another question for you, okay? And this is where I want to go with today. What would it take for you to be that kind of person to someone else? What would it take for you, for your life, to be the kind of life where maybe in a year from now, somebody would go up to somebody else and say, hey, who in your life has made the biggest positive impact? And someone would go, they were. And they would, they would use your name. You would be the answer to that question. What would it take for you to step in to that kind of difference-making ability in your life? Well, that's what I want to talk about today because I believe this. God has called each of us to make a difference. He's called us to be that kind of person to the world around us, to make that kind of positive impact. In fact, we see this in Scripture in Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. Created us anew in Christ Jesus. That means when we got saved, you become born again. You're made new. You were dead in sin. Now you're alive in Christ. You're made new so that, so that, here's what the so that is, so that we can do good things he has planned for us long ago. God has good things that he has planned for you to do, that he's called you to do, to make a difference in people's life. God designed you to leave the world better than how you found it. That because you existed, the world is a better place. That's what God has called you to do. And he's, he's equipped you for that. He's given you talents. He's given you abilities. He's given you ways of seeing the world. He's, he's, he's given you a, a sphere of influence that's around you. He's placed you in the place that you're at so that you can take those abilities, those talents, those gifts, and take those, and empowered by him, you can make a big difference in the world that you live in today. You can be a difference maker. You can be remembered for leaving a big positive influence in the life of other people, or you cannot. You can leave a legacy and, and know this, you're going to leave a legacy. Your life is, is speaking something. And your life can either leave a legacy that says, man, they were about other people. They were about making a difference. Or your life can be a life that was full of potential, but never really did anything. And I hope you see today, you are full of potential in Jesus. So full of potential. And you, you've got all that potential, but you've got to use it. Or you could be a person who, you know, is looked at and they just kind of lived for themselves. They kind of did their, their thing and they were about themselves. Where, where, what's, how are you going to be remembered? You're going to leave a legacy. What's that legacy going to be? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the person who, you know, at the end of my life, it's kind of like, well, man, he had a lot of potential, but he just never quite got there. I, I want to, you know what my goal is? My goal is to die empty. I want to get to heaven and God say, man, I, I gave you all these things. I mean, I gave you a church. I gave you your good looks. I gave you all those things, and you used them. Why are you guys laughing? You used them to the best of your ability. Well done. That's what I'm going after, and I hope you are too. So how do we do that? Let's talk about that today. How can we be a difference maker? I believe there's three things that if we can start focusing on these things, we can be the kind of person in a year from now we're the answer to that question, okay? Number one is this, I can. Everybody write down, I can. If you're taking notes, write it down, I can. God is looking for people who are willing to say, I can. Now, here's the I can that I think we need to focus on. There's a lot of I cans in front of us that we can look at, but I believe this one, if we'll focus on this one, that everything else will be kind of ordered. I can follow Jesus. 
I can follow Jesus. God is looking for people who are willing to say, I can, God. I can do whatever it is that you're calling me to do. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you say, Josh, I wish I could. I wish I could say I can, but I, I, unfortunately I can't because I just got too much going on in my life. You know, I'm, I'm really busy. My schedule is full. I, I, I just don't have any room to kind of do that right now. Plus, you know, I've also, my life is just not where it needs to be. I've got some things I need to work out. Let me work some of those things out. Let me get that stuff fixed. And then I'll follow Jesus. Then I'll really go after him. But the problem with that way of thinking is that doesn't align with the Bible. If you look at, if you look at scripture and you look at the people that were used by God, they were not perfect people by any stretch of the imagination. They were messed up people. But what most of them all had in common was that they were willing to just follow God. They were willing to obey God and to take their imperfections and start following him and allow him to work on them in the process as he used them. And that's how we have to be. You're never going to arrive. We're going to keep working all the days of our life. But what we do is we make a decision. God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to choose to hitch my wagon to you and follow you and do whatever it is you're calling me to do. Jesus' life, when, when he called his disciples, it was such a beautiful picture of this, as Jesus would go and, and get his disciples and recruit them. I, I want to show you this. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, we have Jesus recruiting a couple of disciples here. It says, one day Jesus was walking along. This is verse 18. Walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. So these guys are just minding their own business, they're fishing, they're doing their thing, Jesus comes along, Jesus called out to them, he says, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Now notice what Jesus doesn't say. Jesus doesn't see them doing their thing and come up to him and say, hey guys, I would love for you guys to be my disciples. I think that would be great, but you gotta clean some of this stuff up first. You guys need to go home, you need to take a shower, your language, you know, I heard you guys when I was walking up, you kind of had some stuff coming out of your mouth that's not good, you need to get that fixed. And get, get some of this cleaned up, fix this, fix that, and then you can come along and follow me. No, that's not what he did. Jesus just invited them to follow him. And you know what, that's the same thing that Jesus says to you today. He doesn't come at you and say, hey, you need to get all this stuff. He doesn't come at you with a list of demands. He comes at you with an opportunity. He, he doesn't come at you demanding something, he comes at you with an invitation. The invitation is to follow him. And as you follow him, he begins to work on you. He begins to work in you. Because see, here's, here's how it works. You, sometimes we think, well, I gotta get this sin stuff figured out. I gotta, I gotta clean all this stuff up. Listen, if you just begin to follow Jesus, here's what happens. You can't follow Jesus and follow sin at the same time. Because they go in completely different directions. If you're following Jesus, the sin stuff is gonna start follow, falling off. And so Jesus doesn't ask you to clean up your act. He just asks you to follow him. Look at this other verse. This is Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. This is Jesus inviting Matthew to be one of his disciples. And this is amazing. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew. Now look at what it says here next. Sitting at his tax collector's booth. Now, we've talked about this before. Tax collectors were not good people in Bible times. They were sinners they stole from people. The practice of tax collectors in this time was, was set up in, in such a way that you, you could really take advantage of the people you were collecting taxes from. 
And so you swindled them and you stole from them and they could do nothing about it. And so it was a bad deal. And Matthew is a tax collector. And notice it says he's sitting at his tax collector's booth. It's his booth. Basically it's saying that Jesus comes along and he sees him sitting in sin. Sitting right in the middle of his sin. And what does Jesus say? He says, follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up and he followed him. Now again, Jesus doesn't say, Matthew, I'd love for you to follow me, but you've got to stop collecting taxes first. Get this all fixed, get this cleaned up, make this right, and then you can follow me. No, he just says, follow me. And, and what we don't know about the story of Matthew is we don't know when he stops collecting taxes. doesn't really say. But what we do know is when he started following Jesus. And what we do know is that because he started following Jesus, he stopped collecting taxes. Because he was willing to just say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And he partnered with God and started going in the direction of Jesus and making Jesus his pursuit. Jesus came along and started cleaning up his act and getting him where he needed to be. I know there's people in this room today that maybe you have some I can'ts in your life. Some areas where sin is kind of defeating you and sin is winning. I can't stop looking at pornography. I, I can't stop my addiction. I can't stop spending money. I can't stop, you know, whatever it may be. I can't, I can't forgive that person. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, maybe that's you today. And I'm here to tell you, apart from Jesus, you're absolutely right. You can't. See, here's the other problem with trying to clean yourself up before Jesus. It's impossible. You can't do it. You can't get yourself right without Jesus. He's the one that gives you the ability to overcome sin. It's hard enough sometimes overcoming sin when you are a Christian. To think that you're going to overcome it without Jesus, you're crazy. He's the one that comes to live inside of you, reside inside of you. The Holy Spirit guides you through life. You, you, can't, you can't not sit. Sinners sin, okay? Can we just settle on that? Sinners are going to sin. So to think that you can get that fixed without Jesus, it's, it's crazy. And God doesn't invite you to that. He says, come follow me, fix your eyes on me, pursue me, and we together, if that's, if that's what you do, you make Jesus the, the pursuit of your heart, together with him, you can. You can overcome. You can follow him. The Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With him, you can do it. You can be a difference maker. You can follow him. You can overcome sin. You can put to death the deeds of the body. You can live in victory through Jesus Christ. Walking with him, connected with him. So that's where we start. If we want to make a difference, if we want to be difference makers, we have to make the pursuit of our heart, the pursuit of our life. First things first, we have to follow Jesus. We have to say, I can follow you. I can do whatever you're calling me to do. I can do it. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to follow you with all my heart. Number two, we can. Number two, you take a notes, write down. We can. What can we do? We can make a difference. Turn the person beside you and say, we can. we can. Say it like you mean it. We can. We can make a difference. When we function in our roles together within this thing, the body of Christ, we can make a huge difference. Unity is a huge deal. It's a powerful thing. There's a, there's a beautiful picture of this in, in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 11, there's a story called the story of the Tower of Babel. Probably heard of that story before. And in this story, we have this group of people that are building, uh, they've built a city in this valley. And now they're building a tower that says to the heavens. Now, there's 
several problems with what they're doing right off the bat. Number one is, after the flood, this is after Noah and the ark and the flood and all that stuff. It's years and years after that. You know, the earth is kind of starting to replenish. But one of the things God told them to do is he said to, to go out into the world and, and you know, make the world spread out and get all over the place. He tells them to go out and, and people aren't doing it. They're kind of all congregating in one place. So they're, they're disobeying God. And then it says that they're building a tower to the heavens. Now, I used to always hear this story as a kid, and and the way it was kind of explained to me was that they were trying to build a tower that would reach all the way up to where God was, which we all know is impossible, right? Like, you can't can't do that. You can't build a tower that big. But that's not really what they were doing. They were building a tower to the heavens. What they were doing is they were building a tower that was kind of an idol. It was kind of a memorial to the heavens because they worshipped the heavens. They worshipped the moon and the stars, in the sun, it'd be like me saying, I'm building a tower or I'm building a memorial to Sarah. I'm building something. It's, it's in her honor is what they were doing. They were building this tower in honor of the heavens. And they would get up on top of it and they would, that's where they would worship the stars and the sun. So it was, it, was, it, was a, it was an idol in their life. The other thing they were doing is as they were building it, they were using some of the same materials that Noah built the ark out of. Tar and pitch. And what they were doing was they were building it in such a way so that if the earth was to be flooded again, they could run into this tower and be protected from the flood. Obviously, they didn't understand how, understand how oxygen works, but they thought this could be something that could protect them. Now, here's the other problem with that is that they didn't believe the promise of God. They're not believe, God promised he put the rainbow and said, I'll never flood the earth again. So they don't, they're building a memorial, worshiping. They're not, they're not spreading out. They're, they're, they're doing all this you know, they're, they're trying to protect themselves from God. They don't understand God. And, and then worst of all, they, they said this. They said, we'll make a name for ourselves through this. So they're full of pride, okay? So there's a lot of bad things that they're doing. And, and, and so in verse 5, God comes down to see what's going on with them. So Genesis 11, verse 5, it says this. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. Now here's what he means by that. They're unified in vision. They're unified in faith. They've got this vision of building this tower. They've got a plan for it and they're going after it. It says they are one and they have one language. Everyone at this time speaks the same language. There's no French and and Spanish. It's just all one language. Everybody can understand each other. And so it says, uh, it goes on to say this, now nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Uh, another translation of it says this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. I want you to catch this. This is God talking. And God looks down at a group of people on this earth who were unified in vision and who are unified in language, who have a goal and who are all speaking the same thing together. And he looks at them and he says, those people, there's nothing that's impossible to them. So we know where the story goes from here. God comes down, he confuses the languages. All of a sudden, you know, you can't understand the people around you anymore. Some people are speaking French and some people are Spanish and some people, you know, whatever different English. And, and so now they, they start to get in their groups and they, they move and they disperse and it stops everything that they were trying to do. Now fast forward to the, to the New Testament, to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. This is after Jesus has died on the cross. He's risen from the dead. He's told his disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit, wait for this gift that he's going to give and we find that the disciples are assembled in one room 
And it says they are of one accord, means they're in harmony together. They're all together, they're praying, they're waiting on the Holy Spirit. God sends the Holy Spirit, and what happens when they get the Holy Spirit? They get a new language. One language. One language, one vision. The vision of Jesus Christ, the vision of the gospel. They get these two things, and the same thing that was true for the people in the Tower of Babel becomes true for us today as the church. A church that's unified in the Holy Spirit, that's unified in vision, nothing is impossible for us to do. You guys should be a lot more excited than what I'm seeing right now. That's, isn't that awesome? God looks at us today. We have this one, we have the Holy Spirit. We have him guiding us and leading us. We have this vision of, of going into the world and making a difference and sharing this gospel message that, of, of Jesus Christ and the life that we can have in him. We have this. And because of that, now we can go do whatever God is calling us to do. We can make a difference because we have the difference. We have Jesus inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit. We are the difference in this world. And so we got to go do it. We got to go share this love with the world around us and make a difference. So I got four sub points for you real quick. Number one is this, we look and we listen. How do we make a difference? We look and we listen. We gotta look around us at the world, the world around us. We, we have to have our eyes open to what's going on, to the hurting people that God has put around us. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit. God's given us the Holy Spirit. He wants to guide you into all wisdom and all knowledge. He wants to direct you. I, I cannot wait for our sync series coming up. I cannot wait to talk with you guys about how to be led by the voice of God, how you can be led by the voice of God every day. You can hear God in your life. It's gonna be awesome. Make sure you are here for that series. But, but we have to be listening. It starts there. You gotta be listening. We gotta be looking. As a church, we gotta be looking. We gotta take our eyes off ourself. We gotta take our eyes off our stuff, off our things. We gotta look outside of, of the four walls of our church and we gotta look to make a difference. Number two, we find people. We find people. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good churches in America. There's a lot of good churches in Oklahoma. There's a lot of good churches in Oklahoma City, but there's still a lot of lost people. A lot of people that don't know Jesus. And listen, me and you are found and part of the responsibility that comes with being found is helping find others. We're found so we can help find other people. Found people find people. God's called us to find people. So we gotta get outside of our, our, our comfort zone sometimes. We gotta move outside of the four walls of our life and find people who need this message, who need God, and go after them and pursue them. Found people find people. Number three, we serve people. We're saved to serve. Saved people serve people. And you know what I love about New Song Church is that we have a lot of people that are doing this, serving. It's amazing. I, I want to just take a moment here and just thank some of our teams. Man, we have an amazing team here at New Song Church. People who get up so early on Sunday morning. There's, there's been people doing church stuff for, for four plus hours this morning. Got up before six o'clock, we're hitch, hitching up trailers, hauling all of this stuff that you see here to help us convert this school into a house of prayer and a house of worship, into a church. People that, that sweat and work hard to make this happen. We got people right now in our kids' classrooms that are holding babies and changing diapers and, and in our elementary classrooms sitting down in small groups and talking to little kids and helping them understand how to know God and how to have fun, how being a Christian is fun and it's a party. That's going on right now. People are doing that. We, we've got our, our band. How about this band, guys? Aren't they awesome? But you know, this, what they do here, this is just a part of it. What you don't see is that they're here at six o'clock in the morning. And all this stuff, 
They put it up. They set it all up. We got girls on our worship team that have to get up at like four o'clock in the morning so that they look presentable, you know? <laughs> but we, they work hard, not just to, for this little moment that we have, but to get all of this ready for you. We've got ushers and we've got greeters and we've got our, our video crew and our sound crew and all these people that are hidden behind the scenes. Come on, let's, let's give them a hand. It's amazing what these guys are doing. And I want, you, I want you to know something today. We're getting it done, right? We're making it happen. And you know what? For some of you, we're getting it done without you. Ouch. But I want you to know we could get, a lot, we could get it done even better with you. And we'd love for you to be a part of it. We could use you. There's a lot of people, some of them are pulling your load right now. And, and I'm going to invite you. We, we're saved to serve. We're saved to plug in and to do something. We have a bunch of people who are making this happen, but there's room for you. And, and in the Bible, one of the only places where Jesus ever commented on the solution for a hurting world, he said this in Matthew 9, 37. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. See, Jesus looks at this world and he says, man, there is a, there's, there's people to be harvested. There's, it's there for the picking, but I just need more people. We need more people to step up and to do it. And for some of you, it's just time to dive in. It's time to go for it. I was thinking about this a week. I think sometimes what kind of holds us back from this is, is we just kind of, we slow roll our way into it. It's kind of like going to the swimming pool at the beginning of the summer, right? You go to the swimming pool and, you know, you're ready to go and you go over there and you put your toe in. It's like, ooh, hey, it's going to be exciting. And so what do we do? Like we, we do the whole walk-in thing, right? Where you like take a little, feel, and it gets higher. And what's the best way to do it? Just dive in. Just dive in. And for some of you, that's, that's what God's saying to you today. Just dive in. Just jump in. It, it may be uncomfortable for a minute, but listen, you just, you just say, I'm going to serve. I don't know where, but I'm going to serve. And let us help you. We'll connect you. We'll find the right place for you that will give, build life into you. You know, one of the things I've noticed about the teams here at New Song that serve, they're the happiest people I know in the church. They, they're so happy. And, and listen, they're not happy because everything is perfect in their life. I know them. They're not, not everything's perfect. They have problems just like anybody else. But what they've done is they've, they've chosen to focus on something bigger than themselves and bigger than their problems. They've chose to focus on making a difference. And because of that, God's able to use them to make a big difference. And so that's what we're called to do, make a difference. Save people, serve people. Number four, we partner with people. You know, God is into teams. He is. You, you look at the life of Jesus. Jesus always traveled in packs. When he went out to do ministry, man, from the very beginning, he, he was recruiting people and bringing them along with him. When he sent his disciples out, he sent them two by two. He sent them together. We look at the nature of God, and he is a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is community. And we say this at New Song, we are better together. We need people around us. We, 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 we need people around us helping us in our life. You know, when me and Sarah first moved to Oklahoma City to plant this church, one of the first things we began working on with, with, as far as infrastructure and things like that is working on building a team because we knew we needed people to help us to do what God was calling us to do. And we needed people that had different giftings than us and different talents than us to come alongside of us and to help us. And man, it's amazing what God has done, the kind of leaders he's placed, the kind of people that he's, he's surrounded us with. We're so grateful because understand this, and you need to be grateful too. You don't want to go to a church where me and Sarah are doing everything. Seriously. 
It wouldn't be good. Let's take worship, for example, okay? God bless me and Sarah. We can't carry a tune. Right, hon? Yeah, we're horrible. I, I used to kind of think I was okay. I did. I thought, you know, I, can, I, can, I got this. You know, you, you get in your car and you turn up the radio and you're singing along. You've been there and you're like, man, I'm, I'm holding this down. And I, I kind of thought that. I could carry a tune. I could harmonize every once in a while. I have some of those skills. And then I discovered something. I, I can't. And here's how I discovered it, okay? So you see this little microphone I have on here. Uh, this thing records everything that, that comes out of my mouth from the moment I put it on. Because we have a track that goes for our podcasts and goes for records and things like that that we keep. So, so from the moment I put this on, everything that comes out of my mouth is recorded on a track. And so uh, I, I, I was listening to that one day and I put it on and it started with praise and worship. And I started hearing this track of the band playing with me singing. It was, it was heartbreaking. Like, I, I, I'm down here, like, worshiping, thinking, man, I am getting this. I'm about to walk up on stage and go back-to-back with David and, like, yeah, Van Halen style. Dude, it was like, I need to be quiet. Like, I told him, hey, turn, the, turn it up. And you guys probably wonder why it's so loud in here. It's to drown me out. You don't want to hear me. And it's to drown some of you out who were like me, you know? The joyful noise people, right? Bible talks about make a joyful noise. That's you, me. It's just a noise. <laughs> and we need it drowned out, okay? So, but here, here's what I'm getting at. <laughs> we need people around us. We need people that can come in and can use their gifts and their talents to make a difference. And God, God has placed gifts and talents within you to, to help serve in the church and to help make a difference and, and for you to use in other people's lives. You know, beyond just what we do as a church, individually, we need people around us. We need to be connected to other people. We, that's why we push small groups like we do here at New Song. We want you in community. We say we're better together. You need people in your life that are getting into the details of your life, that can, that can, pray with you on a deeper level than maybe some of the stuff that goes on in a corporate setting like this that can, that can be there for you in those hard times, that can bring you a meal, that can show up in the hospital, that you can live your life with. That's what God's called us to do. That's the example we see in the life of Jesus. That's, that's who we're supposed to be. We're better together. And so in, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to launch our fall groups. And I want to encourage you, we've got a group for you you got to get in a group. You need to get in a group. You need people around you. You need to plug in. And one of the things I'm excited about is in the fall, we're going to launch our youth groups. So if you're a teenager, we're going to have groups for our teenagers. So if you're a teenager today and you want to be in a group, man, we would love to create a group for you. We're going to make it fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be cool. Take a connect card and just write on there, write your info in and just say, I want to be in the youth group. And then maybe some of you in here, like you have a heart for teenagers. Maybe you want to help serve on that team, help serve the teenagers. Take a connect card this morning. Just write in there. I'd love to help with the youth groups. Maybe you're here today and you just need to be in a group. You're not in a group yet. Fill out a connect card. Let us know that you want to be in a group. Maybe you want, to, you want to do more. Maybe you have a really nice house and you want to help us be a host home for one of our groups. Let us know about that. Maybe you want to be a group leader. Whatever the case may be, get connected. Don't do life alone. The devil works in isolation. He wants to isolate you. He wants to separate you from good godly relationships so he can pick you off. Don't, don't let him do that. We have people here who want to connect with you. Jesus wants to connect with you. But you've got to give us access. You've got to let us in. So you've got to do that. Number, third point. Point number one is I can follow Jesus. Number two, we can make a difference. Number three, God can. God can do the impossible. 
God can do the impossible. You know, some of you in here today, I'm sure you have some impossible situations in front of you. Maybe some situations where you need a miracle in your life. Maybe it's a physical miracle. Some kind of sickness, some kind of injury, some kind of pain going on in your body that you need a miracle. It's going to take a miracle. Uh, Maybe you have a child that's away from God and you need a miracle. Maybe you have a spouse that's away from God. Maybe you have a spouse that wants nothing to do with God. Maybe you have a spouse that wants nothing to do with you. And you need a miracle. Maybe you want to have a baby. And you're trying and it ain't happening. And you need a miracle. Well, the good news for me and you today is that God still does miracles. The Bible says in Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 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 He's the same. When you look at Jesus, when I look at Jesus in the Bible, what I see is a man who went about doing miracles, changing the atmosphere everywhere he went, came upon impossible situations, and did impossible things. And it says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't care what you're facing today. God can, God can do a miracle in your life. Luke 1, 37 says, For with God, nothing will be impossible. God can heal. God can restore. God can do the impossible. And he wants to do it for you. And he also wants to do it through you. He wants to use you to do impossible things in this world. I was talking to a friend of mine this week, and I was kind of sharing a little bit of this message with him. And as I was talking, he started telling me this story. And it was just like, as he's telling me this, I was like, dude, this is amazing. And uh, I was like, how can I, how can I use this? And, uh, and so I, I actually invited him to share this, this story with the church. So, Brandon, I'm going to ask you to come up here. And this is Brandon, guys. Brandon's a part of our church. Him and his wife, Phoebe, they moved here about a month ago to be a part of, of New Song Church. They lived in South Carolina. I've known Brandon for years. Uh, we go way back to when he used to wear do-rags and stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was going to leave that alone. But, but, uh, but, but they moved here a month ago. They left their life in South Carolina to move here to be a part of this church. And he's an amazing guy. If you don't know this guy, make sure you get to know him and his wife. They're, they're awesome and they're kids. But Brandon, would you just take a moment and just kind of share what you're sharing with me? And, uh, and let, you know, kind of let everybody in on the miracle God did through you. Sure. Hey guys. Hey, uh, yeah, this was a interesting story. It was kind of a roller coaster ride for us personally. Uh, this is the first time I've got to share this story, uh, at church, which is kind of cool, but I've shared it a lot, but not in front of an audience, but I want to show you my friend, Charles. This is a friend of mine. His name is Charles Dwayne Persley. Now, uh, this can be emotional and I've got to do this kind of quickly too. So it's going to be interesting to get this all done, but uh, years ago, when me and my wife first got married, we've been married for 15 years now. So I guess this had to have been right at 15 years ago. Uh, we were just out on a photo shoot. Uh, my wife does photography. I was helping her. And uh, it was her and another girl. And so, and I was just being there kind of protective. We were downtown Tulsa. And uh, this guy, Charles, his name, he was a homeless guy. He just kind of came wandering up to us and started acting all kind of funny and being silly and uh, he wanted us to take his picture, and you know they were kind of like, Brandon, what's this guy doing here? And so I'm, I'm watching him, and, and so I kind of pull him aside, and we start talking. And uh, within moments, he goes, hey, man, uh, 
you got some money? I'm like, uh, listen, I don't really give money. I said, but I'm happy to go buy you some food. And so that's what I wound up doing. I walked him over. We got him some food. And as we were talking, he said, uh, you know, he's cussing. and He's kind of, you know, Jonah. At some point in time, I mentioned the Lord to him. I don't know how I mentioned it to him, but at some point in time, I said something about the Lord. Instantly, he transformed into, oh, amen, brother, amen, brother, amen, brother. And I'm like, I'm like, come on. I said, really, why do you want to be like that? Let's just be real. And so we're talking, and I said, Charles, you know, God has more for you. You, I mean, he lives on the streets. He lived between these little churches. There were three churches downtown Tulsa that he lived in the center of. He slept there because it was safe to him. So there was something in him that said, God, I need you, but he didn't latch on to that. He was bound by alcohol. And so I said, Charles, you, you, you need God. I said, if you take a step towards him, he's going to come two steps towards you. Just take a step. I said, you do something Every day like this, this is your life, what you're doing. I said, do something different this weekend. Come to church with me. And he's like, well, uh, I'm going to go, Mr. Brandon. I'm going to go. I'm like, well, come on, let's go to church. I said, I'm going to pick you up right here Sunday morning. I want you to be here. I want you waiting for me. He goes, okay. So we go home. We're excited. We're like, man, I'm going to bring this homeless guy to church. This is cool. And so I, I get home, and, and, and Saturday night I'm praying about it, and Sunday morning I wake up, and God wakes me up early. He goes, hey, listen, I want you to go get this guy some clothes. Get him some clothes. Get him things he would need. Get him a toothbrush. I'm like, okay. Ah, oh, dang it. Sorry. But God knew what he needed. And so we got up, went to Kmart, got him clothes, and went to look for him. And he wasn't there. I was like, God, you woke me up for this. You wanted me to be here, and he's not here. You told me to go buy him clothes. He's not here. He goes, don't stop looking. Go look. And so I looked around, and, and there he was on the street corner. I already had a big old beer in his hand. I pulled up behind him. I'm like, Charles. He turned around and looked. He goes, oh, Mr. Brandon. I was like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be over there waiting for me. We're supposed to do something different today. He's like, look at me. I can't go to church. I said, dude, I got you some brand new clothes. I got you some biscuits. We got Tic Tacs. We got, we got everything you need. I said, we're going to get you to, and I said, and I called a friend of mine who worked at our church. Me and Josh were going to this church together. And, and a guy led us in the back and we had showers. We had a little gym. And so we got, I said, I got everything you need. He's like, okay, Mr. Brennan. Go, 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 go. And poured the rest of it out. I'm going to go with you today. So he gets in the back of our car. Now, me and my wife, we didn't have kids. We were a young, married couple. I mean, I had cool hair at that time. And I mean, we were just enjoying life together. And, and so he gets in the car, and this dude reeks, reeks. I mean, alcohol's flowing out of him. I mean, he emanates just bad smell. Sleeping outside, I don't know when he had taken a shower. We get him, get him to church, get him all dressed up, and, and he's ready. And he looked like a, after he took a shower, I had this little yellow Izod shirt that I got him, and new jeans, and uh, he, he looked like a little Ethiopian missionary. He was a tiny guy, a little bitty thing. He just smiling, walking to the church, waving to everybody, hey, everybody. And I was like, oh, man, he stinks so bad. I mean, you could just smell the alcohol. He's singing there and praising and worship and just singing out loud. And I'm like, oh, he's going to knock somebody down. But I'm glad he's there. I'm glad he's there. And so... The pastor does not know. This is thousands of member churches. He didn't know that we were there. I had one person that knew, which is my uncle, who worked at the church. He was on the front row. We kind of sat in the back corner, and Charles is sitting here. The pastor gets up, and he goes, you know what? The title of my service today is No More Sleeping in the Gutter. 
And my, and my uncle, who's on the front row, he kind of sat up and looked around. And, he like, and I'm looking like, oh, man. And so he shared this whole story about, you know, basically about Joseph and how God brought him from here, brought him to there. And that day, Charles walked out, gave his heart to Jesus. Man, we had a cry, happy moment festival. So we get Charles down there. He's saved. I didn't want to take him back on the streets. I, I, I couldn't. I was like, how do I take this guy back out onto the street? And I'm like, Charles, I don't want to take you back on the street because I'll be safe. I said, I'm going to get you off these streets. And uh, so we wound up, I had my number, I gave him my number. Uh, I found, I told him, listen, you call me back at this such and such time and we're going to get you off the streets. So I had to drop him off on the streets and I sent him with tapes and CDs and everything. I had set this back when, you know, you had like a little cassette thing. And so he was out on the street and finally I, I talked to a friend of mine who's going to let him have a job and he's going to work at a, an apartment complex that he owned and he's going to live there. So I go and get him that and finally get in touch with him and and he's, he's like, man, thank you so much. Yes, I want to meet you. I said, now meet me at this spot. I'm going to be at this place, such and such a day. I'm going to pick you up. We're going to take you to this place. Go look for him. Second time in a row. Not there. I was like, Dad, come it. And so I'll go looking around. And we're walking everywhere looking for him. And God would not let me stop looking. Finally, I found him again. Has an alcohol. He's right there. And it's just bound him. He couldn't see me in the car I was in. I'm pointing my finger at him. I said, Charles. He just saw my finger. through. I said, come here. He's standing up beside a store. And uh, he came over to the window, I rolled down, he saw it was me, he goes, oh, Mr. Brandon, he almost started crying, he goes, I'm sorry. I said, it's okay. I said, well, let me tell you something, I love you, and God loves you, and you know that, you're born again. I said, no, you're bound by this alcohol, now, if you want to, you can give this up right now, walk away, and when go, you got a whole new life ahead of you, or you can die right here on these streets, just like you are. I said, it's your choice. He goes, I want to go with you. I said, come on. So we get him in the car. We get him to his home. Over the next couple of weeks, we're spending time with him. All he wanted to do was pray. Mr. Brady, every time I went to him, let's pray, let's pray. Some other people were bringing clothes to him because they heard the story. Then he gives me a phone call. Uh, Mr. Brandon, I, 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 something happened. I, I'm hurting. Something, a sharp pain went through me. I said, we're going to do a photo shoot. I'm going to call you back. I'm, I'll come see you in a few minutes. I'll get you an ambulance. Got him an ambulance. Went to go see him at the hospital afterwards. They, I called the hospital. Is Charles there? You need to get here now. I was like, okay, get there. Uh, they said, you need to come with us quickly. So we went upstairs, the top floor ICU. Uh, he had had a brain aneurysm. So I walk in, tube in his head, and he's gone. And they had to pull the plug. And I remember being, wow. We kind of saw this guy's journey from homeless to a home. He had money in his pocket. And he's, but he's with Jesus. Now, I thought that was it. Then the next morning, uh, the next morning I get a phone call, and there's a lady. Hello, hello. Where's my Charles? Where's my Charles? I said, "Ma'am." I said, "Who, who is this?" She goes, "I'm Charles' aunt. I, I, we're looking for Charles." I said, "Who gave you this number?" She goes, "The hospital told me to call you." Thought, Thanks. They didn't tell her anything. I said, "Ma'am, I'm sorry to tell you, but Charles he passed away yesterday." She started crying, going, "No, Jesus, no." Ah. Uh, that was so hard. But I said, ma'am, let me tell you a story. And she said, we've been praying for Charles for 15 years. 15 years I've been praying for him. And God used me, just some dude watching over my wife, protecting her, to, to be the last point in this guy's life. It's just amazing. And so when we had his funeral, they asked me to do it. I shared this verse. The tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came together to listen to Jesus teach. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complained, Why are you with such sinful people? 
Jesus said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search after that one lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he'll call others together, his friends, saying, Rejoice with me, because I found this one lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 who are all righteous and have not strayed away. Who's your one this week? Where's your difference? God wants us to be difference makers. And it, it could be a random person like it was for me. This was not a planned event. This was something that just greatly impacted us. It just kind of came along. But, but there's a one for all of us. So thanks for letting me share the story. Yeah. Let's give Brandon a hand. What I love about that story is it, it, it kind of speaks to all, all three steps today. I can follow Jesus. I can do whatever God's called me to do. Brandon just obeyed. God put somebody in front of him and he just obeyed. Uh, there, there's a, the we can make a difference. You know, he, he didn't talk about this a ton, but there were, there were lots of people in the church that began to help this guy. They helped him get a job. They helped him get an apartment. And other people in the church kind of came alongside and helped get this guy to take those steps to get him to that place where a miracle could happen. And like he said, that they've been praying for this guy for 15 years. They thought he was gone. Thought it was over. But God did the impossible because they were willing to just follow God. And that's what we got to do. If we want to make a difference, we just have to be willing to follow God, to lock arms with each other, and to let God do impossible things through us. We can make a difference. Me and you can make a difference. We can, we can impact this world. We're called to do it. It's what Jesus wants us to do. I can follow Jesus. Me and you can do whatever God is calling us to do. We can make a difference. There's power in the unity of the church. There's power when we come together and let God use each and every one of us. And God can then come and do the impossible. He'll do it for us. He'll do it through us. He'll create those, you're never going to believe this, stories through our life. He wants to do that for you today. I asked you a question at the beginning of the service. Who in your life has made the biggest positive impact in your life? And my question to you today is, what's it going to take for you to be that person to somebody else? Let's partner with God and work to be the answer to that question for someone else. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.